0: New York.
2: It's the fan. It's the fan in New York for the fans of the sports on the field on the diamond or the ice or the court. KM, I'm back. 877 337 6666. We're talking about the Giants and Ryan Dunleavy is going to join us in about 10 minutes or so to talk more about the Giants, and he covers the Giants and writes all those articles about the Giants, so he knows better than I do, but, I mean, I just think I know like, the situation the Giants are in, what they should be doing here, but, anyway, watching uh, Juan Soto do his shuffle, I used to hate the Juan Soto shuffle thing, I don't know, maybe it's just me being a traditionalist, old-timey baseball guy, I just didn't like it, I mean, now I love it because he's on my team, but Watching Juan Soto do the shuffle and step out of the box and adjust his gloves and his bat. I'm like, hey, bro, just chill. Stay stay in the box. Stop trying to show up the pitcher. All you did was take ball two. Relax. I remember I was on MLB Network on off base, and they had us try and do the Juan Soto shuffle. I refused. Everybody else stood up to do it. I'm like, nah, I can't get jiggy with that. I'm not doing it. I don't think, one. I don't think it's cool. Nope, I'll do it now. I got to practice now. We're going to be uh, in the bleachers doing the Soto shuffle when he's Hitting home runs, 877-337-6666. All the Yankee fans are calling from Brooklyn. Robbie, you're on the fan. Hello, Keith. How are you tonight? I'm good, man. Haven't done a Friday in like a month, so came in ready to rock. It's nice to hear you.
0: I heard you once on the weekend on Saturday. That was
2: cool. Juan Soto just went deep, like I said. Let's go. Dead center. All right. Go, Keith. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry. I'm we watching a game, the game. But, yes, I, I did a couple Saturdays, Sundays. The good folks at WFAN have put me on during the daylight hours. It's cool.
0: We got the outfield. The infield is looking a lot better now. He's always back. He's feeling healthy. So, now, the question is, who is going to be the Munson? Who is going to be the Posada? We need a power-hitting catcher. We don't
2: need any more pitching. Pitching is nice. We need a power hitting catcher. I mean, who do you suggest? Uh, Gary Sanchez. It's the thing is, it's like they don't they don't uh, they don't grow the, on trees. Um, Austin Wells could potentially uh, give you some homers, but uh, you know, I look at this lineup. You got a bunch of power hitters in the lineup. We need a power hitting catcher now. If, if Jose Trevino can slap yeah, through left-handed. some singles, yeah, nah. I yeah, need- we, we need
0: a left handed catcher.
2: Yeah, Austin Wells. Yeah, you think? No, I know Austin Wells is prepared to go this year. He, you saw him at the end of last year. He can hit for power. He's left-handed. He he, he got drafted yeah. out of Arizona University. He's uh, one of the top prospects. Volpe's right-hand man. Yeah, you see him.
0: He came up from the Yankees
2: farm team. Right. Yes, the Somerset Patriots.
0: Nice. Nice.
2: And we still got Tavino, right? We still have Jose. Tabino. Jose Trevino, a platinum glove catcher who was an all-star in 2022, and he came into the season last year with a bum wrist. He tried to champ it out, tried to play through it, and the Yankees had to shut him down halfway through the season.
0: But he hits the average. He's a good
2: hitter. And he can hit homers. But, yeah, if he can just slap a couple singles through, get on base, give me a double here and there, keep his average up. i I like to see what Trevi has at the plate. I think it's going to be him. It's going to be Austin Wells. I, I don't expect the Yankees to be pursuing a power hitting catcher. They did that with Gary Sanchez, and it didn't really materialize. It didn't really work.
0: Well, you know, Gary had a lot of talent. Very talented hitter.
2: Where, where's he playing now?
0: You know, I don't. I don't think he he had the um, you know the work ethic. He didn't
2: really. Oh, thanks for everything. the call, Robbie. We're not about to start throwing Gary under the bus for his work ethic. He's actually. With David Stern's old crew, the Milwaukee Brew crew. Uh, all I'm saying is this: I know Yankee fans are the best. Right? We have Juan Soto, as I'm speaking, just literally smack the ball off the batter's eye in center field, dead center, do the shuffle. You have Juan Soto hitting in front of Aaron Judge in this lineup. You have John Carlos Stan, they're saying John Carlos Stan's gonna bat seventh, and it's like, did Rizzo just go deep? I think he did. Let's go, man! What a night to go to the game. I gotta get to spring training. I go down there on March twentieth. I would love to be out there tonight, man. A Friday night in Tampa night game. The lights are flickering. The Yankees go up eight to three. The Bombers they're hitting home runs. That's Rizzo's second home run. He's got five RBI. Um, but what I'm saying is, Yankee fans, we're just we are spoiled, man. We have Rizzo who's he can hit 30 home runs this year if he's healthy. Um, Stanton, who I was talking about, they're projecting Stanton to hit 7th. <laughs> this is a guy that had 59 home runs his MVP season. I know it was a while ago. But, like, now we're saying, nah, it's not good enough to line up. We need a power-hitting catcher. What? Let's go to Spring Lake Heights. Ben, how you doing? You got it. Ben, hey, what's up, Ben? You're on the fan. We're live, baby. One more time. Let's go, Ben. Ben, B-E-N. I got to put you on hold. All right, I'll go back to talking about what I was talking about. I try to bring you guys in. Um, But, Ben, when you hear your name, Ben, Ben, B-E-N, when you hear your name, uh, you'll realize you got your opportunity. I didn't hang up on you. You're on hold. And then when you come back to us, we'll we'll bring you back in. So I was looking at Bleacher Report walk-off. Shout-out to the good people over there at BR. The projected lineup that they put out for the New York Yankees has DJ LeMayu leading off, Juan Soto batting second, Aaron Judge batting third. Anthony Rizzo batting cleanup. Glaber Torres batting fifth. Alex Verdugo batting sixth. Carlos Stanton batting seventh. Anthony Volpe hitting eighth. And Jose Trevino, who we were just speaking of, as the nine hitter. You can put John Giancarlo Stanton at the seventh spot? And we're talking about we need a power hitting catcher? Glaber can hit for power. I mean, just looking at the lineup right now, let's just go through it. If DJ has a good year, he can hit you 20 bombs. He's got to have a really good year. Let's let's give DJ 15. 15 home runs. Juan Soto, in his walk-year, prove-it year, they're projecting that he has somewhere between 30 and 40. Let's let let's put him at 35, right? So just there, we're at 50 homers. And Aaron Judge. <laughs> Aaron Judge could probably hit 50 homers himself. But let's chill. Let's put Aaron at at 40 with this lineup. Anthony Rizzo. So we're at 90 right now in our first three hitters. Anthony Rizzo, I just said 30 if he's healthy. So that puts you at 120. Glaber Torres, uh, if he's out, give me another 25. Now we're at now we're at 145. Just through the first five hitters in the lineup. Verdugo, left-handed hitter, short porch. Uh, I'm not gonna get too overzealous, but give me another 15. So that puts us at 160. And after him is John Carlos Stan. Where if, if Stan is healthy, he can literally hit you 25. 30 home runs. But let's assume, like Cashman assumed, that injuries are part of his game and he's not going to be healthy. So let's put 25. Now we are at 185 homers. (laughs) We're at 185 homers on the year. We're at the seventh hitter. Anthony Volpe hit 20 last year. I'm going to guess that he's going to follow up in his second year and give us another 20. So now I'm at 205. Oh, and then Jose Trevino. Come on, Trevi can give you 10. So I'm talking about 215 homers for this projected Yankees lineup that Bleacher report walk-off put out there today I don't need my catcher to, to hit me 20 bombs keep McPherson on the fan we're about to go get Ryan Dunleavy Giants fans you're not gonna want to miss this conversation about Daniel Jones and Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley Ben call us back man you had your shot we'll bring you back on KM to AM returns right after this
0: call from mom answer it call silenced
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Yes,
2: sir. Joining us right now, friend of mine. We go back a decade. He's a NFL reporter for the New York Post, covering your New York Giants, Ryan Dunleavy on the fam. What's up, Ryan? What's up, Keith? Ryan, what if I told you 10 years ago when you walked into the fan cave with your pen and your pad and (laughs) you started writing your notes about the ambiance of uh, 692 Broadway, and I shook your hand and said, hey, I'm Keith, what if I told you when you left that 10 years from now you would join me on the fan not once but twice?
3: I would have said that we both our dreams came true probably. (laughs) I
2: I wouldn't have said that. There's no way. I met Moose that year. I wasn't thinking this would ever happen. I met Moose in the fan cave, and I just was like, yo, Mark Moose. Here we yeah, are.
3: Yeah, here we are. I mean, this is always where I was trying to get to, covering the NFL for an outlet like The Post. So uh, in the Super Bowl two weeks ago at the NFL Combine now.
2: So awesome. You'll
3: never hear me complain.
2: <laughs> I'm proud of you. If nobody has told you that they're proud of you, I'm proud of your progress.
3: You and my mom. I appreciate that. <laughs>
2: Well, we got to start with Darren Waller. I talked about Darren Waller in my open, and, uh, you know, it's crazy how things change, right? In the beginning of the Giants season and the preseason, all we were hearing about is the Daniel Jones to Darren Waller connection and how dominant this guy was in practice and how he was always open and how Daniel Jones kept finding him and how dynamic that duo was going to be this season, and then obviously both of those guys got hurt. And now, going into next season, I mean, both of those guys might not even be starting the first game.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's not even sure that Darren Waller will be on the team. So uh, now that he's considering contemplating retirement. um, Yeah. Go back to what you said, Keith. I mean, I was there. I was one of the ones writing it. They were awesome together in OTAs and training camp, not just the shorts and t-shirts practices, but the padded practices. I mean, he was uncoverable, and that's why I think if he does come back, I think he's still got plenty left in the tank. I just think with Darren Waller, like with a lot of NFL players, it's about staying healthy. He hasn't been able to do that the last three years, but if he does, I think he can play. I don't think that a guy contemplating retirement is the you know, career death sentence that it used to be. Like in the Bill Parcells era, we see – Guys like Jason Kelsey contemplate retirement every year, come back to play at his highest level. So I think it can be done.
2: That's a better comp than I made. Obviously, they both play tight end. They're over 31 years old. The comp that I made was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers came out of the darkness retreat, went on Pat McAfee and told us he went in there 90% retired. That's not good. If you're 90% retired, you probably should have stayed retired. Because look at your body, right? body, mind, soul. like It's all connected. Uh, Your Achilles gave out on you. But now he's in a different place. And I feel like Darren Waller's got to get to a different place. Speaking of a different place, he was in Vegas with the Raiders. He was in Oakland with the Raiders. And then he gets traded over here. He has to leave his wife, Kelsey Plum. There were rumors this year that they split. And then also, we heard his raps. We heard his um, music. He's an artist. He makes music. And I guess while he was hurt this year, he was really focused on that. So what I'm saying is, mentally, I don't know if his head is in the right place for football, and this is such an important year for the Giants. What do you think they're thinking? What do you think Shane and Dable are thinking about this guy? I I feel like there's no way they have him front and center in their plans.
3: Uh, I know that, well, obviously I'm here in Indianapolis, so what do I do all day is talk to agents, executives, and coaches. And I know that the Giants have had a lot of, shown a lot of interest in tight ends number two type guys so they're obviously making contingency plans but they're not going to find another guy as good as waller at his peak so and they're gonna and if he retires they're still on the hook for his salary cap mm-hmm. so i think they want him to come back i mean like to me the plan for the Giants should be add to saquon barkley and darren waller not replace saquon barkley and darren mm-hmm. waller when it's your fans are frustrated man they want to win you're going to replace those two guys and yeah i mean To me, add to those two guys. Add to the offensive line. Take some pieces you have and try to win. Like, I don't know. To me, I think the Giants, yeah, they're they're obviously making contingency plans versus smart, but I think in their heart of hearts, they want him to come back fully committed, fully healthy, and show that they made a smart trade for that third-round pick last year.
2: We're on the phone with Ryan Dunleavy. He's an NFL reporter physically at the Combine right now. He writes for the New York Post covering – your New York Giants. You just said the name, Saquon Barkley. Once a giant, always a giant. The guy wants to be a giant for life. This is deja vu. They just went through this dance last year with Saquon Barkley. Franchise tag him, don't franchise tag him. Give him a little bit more money, don't give him a little bit more, more money, right? This new regime that did not draft him, but they have spoken highly of him. They understand his value as a captain, as a face of the franchise. The salary cap went up. We heard rumors coming out of Indy this week that Saquon Barkley had spoken to C.J. Stroud or the Texans. I don't know what to believe anymore because the Internet, uh, especially Twitter, is a cesspool. It's a lot of fake news. It's a lot of people pretending to be sources and breaking news, and no one really knows. But from your eyes and your ears and everything that you're gathering in Indy right now, are you thinking that Saquon Barkley returns to the Giants? I think that they definitely can make it happen.
3: Oh, they can make it happen. and. I, I hopefully I never have my sources are always real. I never do fake news, <laughs> especially I think my reporting on the Saquon Barkley situation over the last year and a half speaks for itself in terms of being out in front of it. Yeah. And uh, my opinion would be, yes, they definitely can make it happen. No, I don't think they will franchise take him, even with the raised salary cap. I do think he wants the return. I do think his one a or, Second option or whatever would be the Texans. I think it's important to Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley wants to win. Saquon Barkley wants to be remembered as a great player. So like, what does he need to do to that? He needs to get somewhere with good offensive linemen and a team that's going to be in the playoffs where he can showcase himself to America. So like, and be remembered as a guy who got nine thousand, ten thousand career yards. Not struggling to get 900 yards every season because he's getting hit two yards behind the line of scrimmage. So uh, I think those are probably the two teams at the top of his list. I think what will end up happening is a wink-wink, nod-nod agreement that he can go test the free agency market, find out his actual value. Let's end this two-year saga of I say you're worth this, you say you're worth that. Let the market decide what you're worth, and we trust you. You're a loyal guy come back to us and let us see if we can match that price.
2: Now, uh, the next question, uh, since you're out there, is uh, what are the Giants doing? Brian Dable, Joe Shane, the assistant coaches, are they giving these kids money? Are they drinking with these kids? Are they playing Madden with them? All of these top recruits, well, not recruits, top prospects, draft picks, all of them are raving about their meeting with the Giants. They're they're glowing. Uh, Jaden Daniels talks about his meeting and the energetic coaching staff and uh, J.J. McCarthy and Roman Duzi talking about how they're good people. And a lot of times, you know, you hear about sketchy questions or weird things that go on these meetings. Even Malik Neighbors, all of them are raving about Brian Dable and the coaching staff. What are they doing when they get these kids in the room? Well, I'll say this.
3: I think, one, they talk about football, which the kids like. Like all the like putt-putt stuff and, you know, throwing darts or whatever, whatever the stuff is that makes for fun stories for you and I the kids are always like what's the point of this I don't know if I trust this like the kids want give me a clicker and let me talk about my playbook or whatever the kids love that stuff and I believe that's where the Giants focus is um and look it's not a surprise that players like Brian Dayball like the NFLPA survey came out the other day he got like an A minus or something from right. like Brian Brian Dayball connects with players Brian Dayball's problem is connecting with staff members. So uh, it's not a surprise that the uh that the prospects would player's like coach, not a coach's coach. Yeah, exactly. It's not there's not a surprise that a player would like Brian Dayball, especially with he look, he knows football. They want to talk football. Yeah. They, they Dayball would love to just talk X's and O's all day. So and the position coaches kind of run this thing and the Giants have Especially a quarterback, Shea Tierney is like a super young, yep. up-and-coming uh, uh, up and quarterbacks coach. They kind of run the, the meetings, those position coaches. So He's a guy a lot of guys could connect with. So they have a likable staff, to players, no doubt about it. And remember, these are only, I think it's 45, 20-minute meetings. So, you know, you just get a basic surface-level opinion of a guy in those 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, Dable seems my like my kind of guy. He wears Jordans and listens to hip hop. He likes Big E, he dances with the players. He wears Jordan yeah,
3: threes. Makes jokes, FaceTime <laughs> FaceTimes them, um, makes like middle school jokes with them. Um, like, yeah. He, the players like him.
2: Yeah, Mike Kafka seems kind of stale. I bet uh Daniel Jones and Mike Kafka sit in the meeting room and just have a, a stare off.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't I I I I mean, it's always tough too to know. Like Yeah, you just think like two of the more robotic podium people I've ever (laughs) talked to, and two of the two people that I have really struggled. Daniel's been here six years. I've really struggled to get to know him. Mike Kafka's been here one year. I don't feel or two years. I don't feel like I have a great feel for him. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, that's the the persona you put forth at you know your once a week ten minute uh podium interview with the media. That doesn't that doesn't mean it has to be you. Obviously Wig Martindale was, you know, electric in those, and then we found out there was a different side of him when uh when he he and Dave all broke up.
2: Again we're on the phone with Ryan Dunleavy, great reporter, covers the Giants, NFL for the New York Post. He's in Indy at Lucas Oil Stadium. He's right there where all the information and things are coming out, and he's the guy you need to talk to. So I mentioned Daniel Jones, and, I mean, I've been saying that Daniel Jones is hurt, man, and he's recovering. He's he's coming back from an ACL injury. He had the neck injury this season. Now he's got a long rap sheet of injuries. I just think it is uh, good business to bring in a young quarterback, a healthy quarterback. I think that it is wise for Shane and Dable in year three where they need to bounce back, and it's not guaranteed that they're going to bounce back. I, I know Daniel Jones is your starter because the contract says he's your starter, but so much needs to happen this year. I've been selling everyone on the fact that if you do draft a young quarterback, that extends your time because you have to develop that guy and see it through. And then uh, the narrative coming out of the combine is the worst-kept secret is that the Giants are trying to trade up for a quarterback. It, it, it doesn't need to be a secret. It's obvious to me. What do you say to that? Well, first,
3: I'd say Pat Shermer would like to speak to you about how if you draft the young quarterback, you get to develop him because <laughs> that didn't, he didn't get to do that with Daniel Jones. Oh, Gettleman
2: so. drafted. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: So, um, look, I think you hit at something that needs to be said here, Keith. Like, everything about the Giants offseason really depends on what kind of timeline Shane and Dable are working on. Like, if I feel like my job's under – fire and I have to win this year, I'm not picking a first-round quarterback. My team needs two starting offensive linemen, a number-one receiver, a number-one corner, and then, depending on Saquon and Xavier McKinney, a running back and a and number-one safety. So why am I going to use the six pick or trade up to the three and give up assets when, to have somebody that I'm going to start the season on the bench? Like No, I'm not doing that. So uh, I need to fill holes. And then if I feel like Okay, they, the ownership's with me. This is a long-term bill. But, yeah, I'm going to go and uh, draft a quarterback. Personally, me, Ryan Dunleavy speaking, I thought it was a mistake to sign Daniel Jones for that contract last year. So, uh, yeah, I do think the Giants are in- interested in moving up to get a quarterback. I don't think the first three teams are interested in moving down to get a quarterback. So then your options become maybe J.J. McCarthy at six or somebody, Spencer Joe, Spencer Rattler or Bo Nix. Spencer Michael
2: Rattler. That would be amazing if Spencer Rattler goes at six.
4: No, no, I'm
3: saying
2: J.J. No, McCarthy. I, I know J. they're J. J. hyping McCarthy. him up. I, I know the kid's pedigree. I've been aware of him since QB1 when he was coming out of high school. But imagine he jumps, like imagine through the combine <laughs> and pro day. Anything can happen. This, no, is, I, the, this I, is the time for it. Zach yeah, Wilson I, went number two out of BYU.
3: I was just saying, like – your options become McCarthy at six or Rattler, Knicks, Penix later in the first round or early in the second round. Like a Dunzey or a Neighbors at six and then your second player pick, wherever that is, 37 or on a trade up higher, is your quarterback.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I hear a lot of folks saying you just get the most talented player and they need receivers. So why not get a, a Roma <laughs> Dunze or a Malik Neighbors? And, and my response to that is because someone has to throw them the ball. The rookie receiver is only as good as the guy throwing him the ball. Jalen Hyatt, he wanted to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. That came out of his mouth. Yep. What happened this year? He didn't have anybody to throw him the ball. Well, he had a few different guys throwing the ball, <laughs> Dar- but not Darius- consistent
3: enough. Darius Slayton gets pigeonholed as like this Mr. Yeah. Consistent 700 to 775-yard receiver every year. I can tell you, Darius Slayton thinks he is much better than that. Mm-hmm. Like, he thinks he is a thousand yard receiver all the time. And, like, well, that's not what this offense allows. So it isn't just rookies like Jalen Hyatt. All receivers are dependent on their quarterbacks. And yeah, the Giants are going to add a young quarterback. I just don't know if it's going to be somebody picked third, fourth, fifth, or sixth, depending on if they trade up, or if it's going to be somebody picked. 25 to 37 based on there's wherever their second pick ends up after trade possibilities if i had to guess right now i would go with uh, they end up with an odunze or neighbors and one of the second tier young quarterbacks and they basically hope to have a competition between that guy and daniel jones
2: i took a call the other night where a fan said that tyrod taylor should be the starter and that they should pay tyrod taylor again and pay him good money and we know the backup quarterbacks are going to make good money after the year of the backup and the backups backup that we just saw do you think that tyrod taylor comes back and also do you think tommy cutlets comes back
3: tommy cutlets will be back he's under contract i don't know if he'll be on the 53 man roster when we get to that point in september because the giants traditionally only carry two quarterbacks and i've I fully expect him I to be I thought he
2: had a 1 year deal. I, thanks for the information. See, this is why I have people on that know more than me. That what what's his contract? Uh it's one more year. Yeah, Okay, I thought he year. just had a 1 year undrafted free agent 1 year you flyer. You are correct.
3: Deal. That's, you are correct. That's what most get. He has to he has an extra year. You are correct. That that's that's the standard, but he has one more year. So, um I believe but I do think they'll probably end up cutting him after training camp and hoping to resign him to the practice squad because that's Typically, what they do for uh, their third quarterback, um, and then to answer your other out, oh, Tyrod, I do not think Tyrod will be back. I know Joe Shane said it was a possibility. Tyrod was di- very disenfranchised yeah. with the fact that he had to sit behind Tommy DeVito Cost last year. a million year. dollars. <laughs> yeah, that he, yeah, that he lost his job due to injury to an undrafted rookie. He was not thrilled about so. He's going to get paid. Like you said, you hit it spot on. It's, last year was the year of the backup quarterback. The backup quarterback market's going to blow up this year. Uh, Tyrod's one of the best. I do think he will get paid. I don't think it will be here. And I also, look, I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea because I think Tyrod has proven he's a fun player. You can win with him. He'll, he, like, makes exciting plays. He makes, you know, bad plays. He is kind of like a total wild card. Uh, but he also gets injured a lot. And as far as the starting quarterback, I mean, why are we saying Daniel Jones shouldn't be the starting quarterback? Because he gets injured a lot. So it's hard for me to say Daniel shouldn't be, but Tyrod is. I mean, Tyrod gets injured basically every three games he plays.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's not the biggest guy. Um, you know what? Okay, so I also took a call tonight about. Daniel Jones being behind a weak offensive line, and it's not his fault. And there's a lot of Giants fans that absolve him by saying that the offensive line isn't good enough. And I'm like, what well, was the same or different configuration. I mean, we've, been
3: saying that. we've been saying that for 10 years.
2: Keith. I just said it's been a decade of saying that the offensive line isn't good. So, my last question for you is if Joe Alt is available at six, do the Giants just say, hey, we'll take this guy, and even though they have three top picks? on their offensive line in Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, and John Jacob Jingleheimer-Schmidt? <laughs> uh,
3: no, I would say, no, my, I've asked that question to many people out here. I they, No one thinks the Giants will do anything besides quarterback or receiver. Like Basically, put those top three quarterbacks, put those top three receivers, and maybe put in J.J. McCarthy, seven players. One of those seven players is going to the Giants. Uh, I do think... To your point, like they could do that with Joe Walt if they need but I think we'll know the beauty of the NFL offseason is free agencies before the draft. And I think we'll see them spend on one, maybe two veteran offensive linemen, because they probably need three starters. So maybe two and a half, depending on what you do with Evan Neal. But I think you gotta sign two starters and sign at least somebody comparable to Evan ne- and have somebody at least comparable to Evan Neal so that you can challenge Evan Neal. So I think you're probably talking about signing two free agents and then using a day-to-pick, whether one of the two second-rounders or a third-rounder, on an offensive lineman, and that's how you get your five starters this year.
2: Again, this is Ryan Dunleavy with us on The Fan. I'm going to sneak in one more question before I let you go. Uh, with Wink Martindale out, do you expect Xavier McKinney to resign? You think he's going to be back?
3: It's an interesting. I I think my answer is a little less confident than it would have been six hours ago. Because the Eagles released Kevin Byard, who not only might be the best or second best safety on the free agent market, along with McKinney, he's a dog. He also, well, he also played for New Giants defensive coordinator mm-hmm. Shane Bowen with the Tennessee. Titans yep. for his last three years. It's like, well, why would McKinney come back here? Well, Shane Bowen's defense is really safety reliant. Oh, okay, that's good. But it was also it's like it was also Kevin Bayard reliant. So like does he jump jump to the top of the Giants list? Yeah. everybody. Agents I've talked to out here believe that McKinney is the top free agent. I do think there's a possibility that they transition tag him by Tuesday. And a quick explanation of that is a thirteen ish million dollar contract that gives the Giants the right of first refusal. They can match any deal that he gets from another team on free agency, but if they choose not to match it, they don't get any compensation. So I think Tuesday's the deadline for that. That's a real possibility. I think if they do that, they might end up keeping him. If they don't do that, I think he'll be gone.
2: Ryan, you're the man. I appreciate you joining us tonight. Keep doing your thing out there, and we'll have you back on as we get closer to the draft and the season.
3: Thanks for having me, Keith.
2: Once again, folks, that's Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post. He covers the Giants. Him and I go back 10 years to the MLB fan cave where he came in and he wrote a story on me for the Asbury Park Press, which is the paper down where I'm from, the Jersey Shore area. And it's just great to uh, you know keep a relationship with someone like that. And as you progress in the media and he progresses in the media, you can come together and do cool stuff like we just did. So make sure you follow him on Twitter at Ry Dunleavy, R-Y-D-U-N-L-E-A-V-Y. I follow him. I have notifications turned on for all of his stuff. He will keep you updated on the Giants and everything coming out of Indy with this scouting combine. 877-337-6666. We're going to take a break, and we're going to get to your phone calls before my next come, my next guest comes in at 915. Keith McPherson on the fan, BRB. I like this beat, but I'm not about to rap I'll kick some more freestyles later. Keep McPherson on the fan, but I was about to come in with some, and then I'm like, I got to add a read. <laughs> ESPN Bet is now live in New Jersey as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-board parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present within the state of New Jersey to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay, back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your Friday, the first Friday, March 1st. First Friday of March. We're almost there. Spring opening day. Selection Sunday. March Madness. All of that good stuff. Let this little winter weather, you know, end. Let the the longer days come. Like, let's keep pushing forward. I'm in here watching the Yankees right now. Uh, In like an hour and 15 minutes, the Devils will be on. In uh, half an hour, I will bring in Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson, that's my guy. I just... I just appreciate Steven Nelson, his career, who he is as a person, as a father, as a broadcaster, what I've seen him do in just the, like, last couple years that I've got to know him. You know, and I I always remember sticking up for him when he was calling the Apple TV Plus games and Yankee fans were just so mean and dumb and negative and nasty about him. And I think Katie Nolan and, you know, he was – calling a game uh, during Aaron Judge's uh, home run chase for 62. And I don't think Judge Homer the night that he was on the call, but all of the clamoring about, oh, we want it to be on Yes Network. We don't want it to be on Apple TV+. Plus. We want it to be called by Michael K. We don't want it to be called by these randoms, Apple TV songs. This guy's terrible. I'm just like, nah, chill. I remember kind of sticking my neck out there to be like, yo, like these these people are great at what they do. They're going to do a great job. If Judge Homer's. They will do a great job calling it, and if it's a forever moment, it's a forever moment no matter who gets the call. So shout out to Steven Nelson. (laughs) He upgraded. He went from MLB Network doing uh, intentional talk with Kevin Millar and calling games on Friday nights for Apple TV to now literally being the guy that calls the games for the Dodgers and don't look now. They have Yamamoto and Otani, 877 337-6666. Before the break, we spoke with Ryan Dunleavy about the New York Giants. I could have kept talking to Ryan for another 30 minutes, but I try to be respectful of people's time. Joining me, let's talk to Muggs in Baldwin, New Jersey, about the G-Men. Hello? Hello, Muggs.
3: Hey, thanks, bro. Quick uh, statement. Hey, first off, congrats on the uh, the new addition to the family.
2: Thank you very much.
3: Okay, now... uh you usually easy to least listen to on the radio. I like the way you cover us, radio heads, updates, driving in the cars or whatnot. I still to listen to the radio a while. I got the TV on mute, sport-wise. But, uh, and also, thanks to all the patience putting up with us knuckleheads. Finally, we need offensive linemen, man. I love quarterbacks and Jack Rabbits running like speedsters, but you don't have time to throw, man, you know? Yeah. Come on, get get five and six and all that. And it's about time one of our teams at a county in the heroes parade, even though Joe, poor way Joe got shut out in the house. Much <laughs> love. Give thanks.
2: Thanks for the call and all the kind words, Muggs. And I agree with you. You need an offensive line. I I understand it as somebody that got sacked and tackled, and if you don't have the guys up front, you're not going anywhere. You just can't do anything. It starts and ends in the trenches. But what I find in the NFL is I mean, there's not really great offensive lines across the league. There's a few that they write home about and they rave about, but for the most part, these guys are makeshift, and since they're in the trenches, they're literally at battle every play. They're in a fist fight every play. They're at war, and these guys get hurt. They get rolled up on, and they they you know have ankle injuries and knee injuries and upper body injuries, and what you really need is depth. You need a a lot of guys that can play multiple positions and guys that are ready when someone goes down to step in so you don't miss a beat. That's not easy to do. Easier said than done. But with the Giants, if I'm a Giants fan, I definitely don't want them using that number six overall pick on an offensive tackle. It's not sexy at all. And you've done that a ton. Eric Flowers, like, I would not want to see them go out and draft another Evan Neal. This draft? This time around, you either get a quarterback or a weapon for whoever's a quarterback. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six limo driver. Ed is in PA. Welcome back, Eddie.
4: Hey, brother. Hey, man. You know my wife is from Asbury Park. No, you never told me that. Yeah, I'm sorry, bro. You know what? And then I, I heard you when you was talking about you know your days down in school and where you lived. That yeah. I was like, I told my wife, I think my man's from Asbury Park. I mean, you know, not from there, but. Uh, would you, um, I, went to, or? I went
2: to Ocean Township High School, but Ocean Township High School became once Asbury Park High School overflowed. They created it as like, you know, a secondary school to, um, you know, split the area up. So, yeah, she did she go to Asbury Park High School? Um, Neptune. I used to stay up the hill, of course. It's all relative. It's the same area. (laughs)
4: Hey, man, yeah, that's where our people was at, you know, up there in Neptune and stuff like that. Yeah, that's how I met my wife. Actually, I met my wife online, and I didn't know. Let me tell you one thing real quick. Um, You know, after my son passed away and things went crazy, I kept getting this thing that just said, you know, uh, Match.com. So I went on it and everything, and she never told me she was down there. And I am Asperger, because I'm up here in PA. And next town in Jersey is Asbury. And I said, Are you here? You know, this area. But she wasn't. But but yeah, yeah, you know, that, yeah, man. Yeah, she's from down there, brother. She's down yeah, you've there. Been, at a, at a, you've been we calling still for a couple of house years down we, there
2: too. we never got to that till now. That's good to know. You might run into yeah, me down man, there yeah, in no. the summer or something.
4: Yeah, man. She's right off of Lake Avenue, right there in Asbury Park. Right of down off there.
2: Right of there. Yep, DeWitt.
4: <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> man. Um, even with my Jets, I know we definitely need offensive alignment, and i don't know what we're going to do but i think that you know we we got and listen like you just said earlier we have the defense we you know we have the special teams we have the quarterback we have everything we got the running backs we got the wide receiver get another wide receiver something like that we i'm a season ticket holder when i come from pa i always travel down i've been a season ticket holder man almost on 20 years with the jets you know and I called many times when I left the game, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, coming back home. And uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, we need to get that offensive lineman. I don't know. I know that guy alt from um, Ohio State. If, no, if he no, drops um, to ten, no. or if Notre you, Dame.
2: Notre Dame, and his his dad was an NFL player. If he drops to ten, that'd be fantastic. But I don't think that happens. You're gonna right. have to trade up if I you want him. I don't
4: think so. But I know. I think we got a couple more that's going to be there. But I don't want no tight end. I, I don't want no. Them. I don't and, think that. No.
2: Brock Bowers, I think he's a good player, but for this offense right. and for Aaron Rodgers, yes. like no, protect right. him. Aaron Rodgers will get the ball to anybody. Aaron Rodgers will distribute. He'll throw to Tyler Conklin. You need to protect him this year. That's got to be the number one focus. That's, because it how is. did now?
4: What about the guy? Now what about the guy they had when Aaron was in Green Bay? Who's the guy they was talking David about Bakhtiari. before? Is he, is he a free agent this year or no? I mean, but you know what.
2: I I think he can uh potentially um sign with the Jets but he's right. old and injury prone as well Again huh And oh, I God. just don't <laughs> think that that's a smart move Right Um No I just think and you got to go younger I And
4: mean, are we going to trade and what about Beckham? I mean are we going to trade him and get something for him? Who knows. I I don't know. I don't but we got to have something to protect Aaron. You know, we can't have what we had Last year, because that offensive line, i like you just said, is the thing. Is teams? One thing about teams, and like you said, is you got to have some backup players too to back these guys up. You know what I'm saying? You have to because the offensive line means a lot. You got the defense. We got everything that's going on. We got to get somebody to protect Aaron because Aaron ain't gonna deal with it anyway, regardless of what he's the general man <laughs> and everything anyway. And I tell you. We, we got to get somebody, man, because, um, you know, I, I don't know. What we're going to do, like I said, is I've been waiting since 1969.
2: Yeah, it's a long time. Just I mean, long been, time, bro. You've been waiting 13 years to get back to the playoffs.
4: Oh, yeah, of course, man. you know, and, and this is what's going on. But, you know, hopefully we can get somebody. And maybe one of these days that money I've been saving, you know, to go to a Super Bowl, I pay no 10, 20 grand. You know, I'll I'll, I'll watch it at a bar somewhere, whatever, but I'll do my verbal and stay somewhere, wherever it's going to be at, (laughs) but,
2: you
4: know, uh, we'll see what happens. New Orleans next year.
2: Maybe New Orleans down in in the N.O. next year. Thanks for the call, Ed. So I was reading something about David Bakhtiari, and I just brought that article back. I had it in my notes weeks ago. I wasn't sure. So there is a chance that the Packers release him and he could sign with the Jets, he has a cap number of over $40 million for this upcoming season. He's 32. He was out last year with an ACL or some other knee injury. He's hurt. So, like, why bring in an older guy because he's friends with Aaron Rodgers? No, there's two strikes. It's uh, He's old. He's injury-prone. There's two there. Three strikes. Aaron Rodgers hasn't necessarily brought in the best guys as, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the GM. Get young guys. Get young, strong offensive linemen that are are just like road graders and monsters up front that are going to get an opportunity to play with a Hall of of Famer and Aaron Rodgers and be willing to die out there in front of this guy. 877-337-6666. I've got a guest coming up in 20 minutes, but let's take this break right here. I'll get a couple calls in right after this.